In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We're back. Breaking news from last night. Jack Conklin has got an extension. And that's what we're focused on. Um, So the reports are out. It's... 60 million for four years, 31 million guaranteed. So even though it, it takes a couple of days and it, it might be a week with just the timing of the year it is, for the f- full numbers, details come out. But effectively, you're looking at two years guaranteed and then two team options on the back. And due to be a free agent this year, now he's, he's, he's back. He's signed. What's your first thoughts in? We'll start on, we're just going to do Conklin first. We'll chat about the rest of the uh, O-line room afterwards. You know, what I what I first saw, because if you remember right, an hour or so before Conklin's deal came out, Elton Jenkins from the Packers signed his deal. And that was kind of a massive deal, I think $74 million. And I was like, wow, that's a unique time for these, these teams to get these guys locked up because, you know, the Packers are in a similar situation to the Browns. They need like all of this stuff happen just to get them into the playoffs. But then Conklin comes across. And at first I'm like, I'd only got the screenshot snippet of the top and all the real numbers hadn't kind of, and we still don't know the real numbers, but it was like Brown's reach extension with uh, offensive tackle, Jack Conklin. I was like, Oh, Oh, that's pretty neat. They probably just gave him another year or two because we knew their current contract was very incentive-based. They was coming back from that injury from the torn patella tendon. Then it was like $31 million guaranteed, $60 million. I was like, ooh. I mean, we knew that the offensive tackle room was, was going to be an area that they needed to address. I mean, they addressed it. They, they must have a, a very clean medical bill. And by the way, congratulations to Jack and his wife, Caitlin, on recently welcoming their, their latest little one to the world. That was pretty awesome. Um, so obviously he's a busy man, but explain Jack, how we were talking and you said it's effectively a two-year deal yet. It was reported as a four-year extension. What does that mean? Yeah. So what happens with these players is that that you have to look at the guarantees as, Hey, this is the money they know they're getting, whether they're with the Browns, they're traded, whatever happens, but they, they know they've got that money. So that's the 31 million. You expect that to be covered in the first two years of a deal is just how contracts tend to work. And then you're going to get. 29 million for the third and fourth year as a together and that's going to be a team option so effectively what will happen is the browns will decide hey do we want to keep him around for 2025 2026 do we want to just cut him you can obviously trade him um so just say it's like hey it's 15 and a half million um for 2023 15 and a half million for the next year and then 14 and a half 14 and a half um, roughly somewhere around there. Um, there is, obviously, as you said, the final details aren't out. It could be um, what they did with his contract this year is he was due 12 million. They guaranteed eight of it. And then the last 4 million was done as an incentives. So if he played 75% of snaps this year, he got all 4 million. So the way agents 
creatively report the numbers. It could easily be, right, it's actually a 56 million deal, um, but they've just puffed in this extra 4 million because it sounds good um, for the reporting. So it's going to take some time to come out. But for me, the frustration isn't he's signed because I spoke about it, uh, written on it, could see a route to him coming back. It's just how much he was paid. Um, to ask, he is not the highest paid right tackle in the league, though, correct? It wasn't one of those deals where it's like, he's now this. He's not. I mean, I think he's barely top five, even with his new deal, right? He's sixth. So you've got a group at the top. It's 17 to 19.2 million, I believe, or it's 17.2 to 19. Um, and that is the top five. There is a solid top five. So he's coming just under those. Um, and I think this is where it comes down to. So we've seen three, all three years of Jack Conklin in Cleveland have been very, very different. Um, let's let's touch on them chronologically. So let's go back to 2020, his first year with the Browns. If we get that Jack Conklin, this deal is a steal because we're going to be paying 15. All the top five tackles, again, 17 to 19 million. So you're going to be getting a saving there if he's that guy for the next couple of years. And so... That's the one of saying, hey, if you think he's going to go back, let's just say top eight right tackle in the NFL. If he gives you that for at least the next two years, happy days. That deal was good. Also, he did do that for two of his four years in Tennessee as well. So if we're talking about 2020, we're talking about three of the first five years of his NFL career. He was one of the top, if not the top right tackle in the entire NFL. Yeah, no, so it's certainly within his locker. Um, and for me, it comes down to, well, how much of the Browns pay? They're paying $31 million to hope to get um, a saving that, say, it should have been 38 So they'd save $7 million over two years. How confident are they? Because I would say they probably should be a 50% confidence that that was the right decision to make. And... I, I don't think I'm there where I, I feel 50% confident that he's going to return to 2020 Jack Conklin. Now, here's my question for you. We talk about this often with contracts. Do you think the Browns got this deal done now to avoid waiting after, say, Tristan Wirfs? Because I believe this is after his third year. So is it, if I'm not mistaken, the NFL rule is after your third year, you can start discussing extensions. I think the Bucs will likely be locking him up. And then also, I believe Penny Sewell from the Jamar Chase draft class has, he's coming, he's finishing his second year. So he's going to be going in next year. So with the cap going up, which I know there's some numbers floating out there now, they now have their right tackle locked in before, let's say, the Sewell next year and then the worst deal get done. No, so it, it, the worst deal is going to continue to move it, but I, d I don't think in a way they're looking at those top five tackles, uh, right tackles. I, if he got to free agency, I didn't see him competing with that. Um, and this is the frustration for me. I thought 10 million is roughly probably right. Um, does that gamble and give you the upside? It, it favours the team slightly more in that aspect that he was going to produce what he'd seen this year. So, um, Let's do 2021 first. So we'll, we'll okay. chronologically follow. So if he's an all pro, happy with the deal. And remember, you've got to be confident with the process of the extension. We shouldn't sit here in two years' time and go, Andrew Berry made the right call or the wrong call. If some freak injury happens, 
that's not on Andrew Berry. It's, it's your confidence as we speak today. So the 2021 season for Conklin was bad, really bad, because he featured in seven games, I think, um, only half of one of those. Injuries were a real thing. And that that was the concern of when he hit free agency and why the Titans didn't keep him. So that plays on my mind. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm sat there going, well, you're potentially going to be paying him 15 million a year and Hudson's going to be playing right tackle because Conklin's out injured. That would be and a to clarify, He had two different injuries last year as well. If I'm not mistaken, he got hurt early in the season and then his first game back is when he tore the patellar tendon, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. It was a uh, he's had multiple different injuries. It's not one where we're talking about well, one in Tennessee, injury. I believe he tore his ACL one year. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And when he came if I'm not mistaken, when he first signed with the Browns, he signed a three year deal. Yeah, forty two million, so fourteen okay. million. So 2021 was kind of, like you mentioned, a, a weird year because he got hurt, came back, then tore the patellar tendon. How, if, do we remember right? The first few games of that year, though, he graded out pretty well. I think top one of the top tackles in a couple of the weeks. So he was at least trending all right, and then the injury came. So we just got to hope he gets back to that end of 2020, beginning of 2021, before that injury which the Browns have to be confident, right? You don't give them that money, right? I mean, that's we, – we generally trust that these guys are pretty smart and that type of stuff. They had to get a clear medical. Yeah, without a doubt. And that, that's the thing that worries me. It's like how can you be so, so confident in this guy's health? Um, and then if we look at this season, so 2022, I'm like that for me is the $10 million play, a dollar player. I'm looking at him going – I can see him as someone where he's kind of like that tier two of you've got, is it Rob Haverstein? Um, you've got someone from the, is it Fant is the right tackle for the Jets or one of those? And there's there's someone else no, in the there. Jets, you um, have Mackay, they moved Mackay Becton over there. Yeah. And then and they have got Cor- another one. A core of fours in Pittsburgh, Braden Smith with the Colts, Ryan Ramchek with the Saints. Lane Johnson's obviously the guy. At the They're top. the top ones, yeah. The Eagles. And then Taylor Moten for the Panthers got a be- decent contract as well. So it, I, I had him just sitting in that second tier of going, hey, 10 million, and you're happy with that. It's like you, you could make a more risky move uh, because Riley Reef used to be with the Bengals. He was signed as a $3 million free agent for the Bears this year, played right tackle and done it really, really well. Um, if you look at what you've got this season from Jack Conklin and Riley Reef, pretty similar um, in overall um, delivery. And that for me is the question where I go, well, could I just sign Riley Reef and have him and Hudson and go, we'll work out a right tackle rather than spend 15 million. 10, you can sort of understand it. Maybe it's like a one year bridge, but I, I just think it's, it's a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. 15. If you're getting 2022 play, which, hey, he's top 16. I think he's just around that middle mark. And you strive to be above average on the O-line. If you have five dudes that are above average, you don't need elite. You don't need Joe Thomas. You don't need Betonio. Why are those dudes super nice if you can get it? You just need above average um, from all five spots and you have a great 
really, really good offensive line because you just can't have one bad dude. So I'm just there going, I think they've overpaid here. Yeah, and it's really going to come to tell. But at this point, Jack, we almost have to look at any investment in the offensive line as being a piece that they're saying is integral to Deshaun Watson's success. What we don't know, right, and we don't know is Stefanski may have sat down and who knows, Bill Callahan and Jack Conklin may have this wonderful relationship. The doctors came back and said, this guy took his rehab uber seriously. His knee is great. He is good to go. Callahan's like, this guy is going to be the key figure because maybe Deshaun Watson really likes to roll out right. Or, you know, there's something part of their offense that Conklin's going to play a big part of. And let's be honest, Jack, there is a liability right now at left tackle. I know some people don't want to say that and it's mean to say so to say, but just as of right now, just to kind of give everyone an idea, this year, this season, Jack Conklin is the fourth highest rated pass blocking right tackle in the league. One being Tristan Wirfs, two being Lane Johnson, three being Taylor Moten. Conklin is number four. Now that's in pass blocking efficiency. When it comes to you know running efficiency, he's a little bit further down the line, which is you know odd because that's what he made his bright bread and butter with um, when it was in Tennessee when he was blocking for Derrick Henry. So the Browns have to be extremely confident that Jack Conklin is going to be the centerpiece of, you know, this offensive line. And if you remember right, two years ago when we had this conversation, with, you know, when they drafted Jedrick Wills, we said, well, if Wills doesn't work out, they can always extend Conklin, sequence the deals. Because, and this also, I, I don't want people to think, this also doesn't mean that Jedrick Wills is gone. But at this point, Jedrick Wills is, more online for maybe like the Leo Collins deal, you know, the three years, 20 million, you know, that 7 million range. If somebody wants to give Jedrick Wills 18 to $20 million a year, by God, I wish him nothing but the best, go get your money. But there may be a realistic thought in their minds that they can get Wills for what normally, you know, if we just take the right tackle and left tackle and invert the salaries and you're spending the same amount of money on the tackle positions, it, it could make more sense. No, and it's what. When people have seen my tweets and gone, oh, because I just said, hey, if I'm Jeb Will's agent, I'm worried about his future in Cleveland. People are, oh, they're not trading him this year. And I'm like, where did I say trade him this year? When I say I'm worried about his future in Cleveland, I'm saying, hey, give him the fifth year option. But the chances of him getting extended take a significant downturn with a Jack Conklin extension. Um, and even if I'm Pochich. That, that's probably where they're looking at, hey, there's six million we can save there. Probably not coming back. Um, and, that, and that's just going to be how it rolls because you can't realistically have from your left guard through to Conklin, what would that be? 145 million over the next three years. That is a eye-watering amount of money. Um, 145 protecting 230, baby. But that, and that's just the question it comes down to. Jack, what are you talking about? You know nothing about cap. The Browns have the most cap space in the entire NFL. They're like a Visa card with an unlimited balance. We can just buy whoever we want. We're like the Yankees, baby. We can just spend, spend, spend. Uh, it's it, it's so true. <laughs> but the, the other one is, um, do they potentially flip? Well, just want to touch on Hudson first. Hudson, I think his ceiling, this is a statement that He's going to be a swing tackle. Um, and I think, hey, if a fourth round pick turns out to be a swing tackle, good investment for me. Um, happy with that. That if he is OT3 for the next three years, 
two years, two years. That is it's what you want. Um, so I don't view that as a bad pick. People are like, oh, if he's not going to start, then it is a bad pick. I'm, I'm fine. People have to also remember, he was a, what, fifth, fourth, fifth round pick? Something like that. Yeah. Who used to play defensive tackle. Like, he's still learning the position. And maybe they've learned that he's just a little bit more confident at left tackle. And that's their succession plan from Jedrick Wills. We don't know. Or, hey, maybe they move him inside the guard. I, we don't know. I mean, it, it's impossible at this point to know what they're going to do with him. I don't think they've given up on him. That's for sure. And two guys I'd certainly be intrigued on because we know Andrew Berry Chester, all the front offices around the league, getting a sense of everything that could go down. I wonder if this offseason they have off-the-record conversations about Jedrick Wills and White Teller. They're two players I would sense out and ask the question on what their trade value is. Because if a team is willing to stump up the money and give a pick, maybe second-round picks, um, then I think you've got to make that move. And I didn't think you would see as much value in Jedrick Wills until I saw Cam Robinson is getting paid $17.6 million a year. Um, but do you remember the, the circumstances on Cam Robinson? They, they wanted to him. trade him. They wanted to cut him. They were like, all right, we'll just stick. Because they were like, well, we don't have any other choices. We're going to slap a franchise tag on him. Like, they basically treated that dude like he was the redheaded stepchild of girlfriends. And he was just like, fine. I mean, if you want to pay me, I'll keep playing. Yeah. It, and it, it was very odd. Teams are desperate. Teams are absolutely desperate for tackle talent. So, um I, I think those two guys, there is an outside chance one of them's moved this year. Um, just, just something to keep in mind. It well, we're you know what I think the perfect showcase game for Jack Conklin is going to be when the weather is seven degrees, when the wind is blowing at twenty mile an hour, when the Browns, you know, let's just say they have a team that normally plays in a dome that are coming to you know. First energy stadium in the middle of winter. The Browns are going to turn into that road grading three and four yards in a cloud of dust. I hope we have one of those games soon because I think Jack Conklin is really going to showcase maybe even on Christmas Eve. Who knows? <laughs> but no, it's Jack. It's... Your, your namesake, Jack Conklin, Jack Duffin, Jack Conklin today is going to go out and he's going to maul. I think Marcus Davenport, I don't even know if he's playing over there. Uh, just maul the Saints today, right behind him. Chubb's going to rush for a buck 60, and he's just going to laugh with $30 million all the way to the bank. And everybody's going to come out and say, I told you so. I called it. Well, just dropping um, – so I'm going to put my percentage prediction on. Is it 2020, 2021, or 2022 Jack Conklin we see? I'm going to go there's a 25% chance he's back at all-pro top eight. I think there's a 25% chance there's a load of injuries, um, like 2021 Jack Conklin. And I think there's a 50% chance we're in that sort of, hey, he's top 16, he's really good across pass and run, um, but he doesn't quite get to that top eight. Where where do you see sort of, because it is it's not one you can definitively say, hey, he's going to be in that top bracket or he's going to be in the worst one. Where do you sort of break your percentages down? I would say, I think it's a great question. I would say there is a, I would say for what they gave him, they have to go. There's going to be a 30% chance that he gets back to that top five. 
that he is in there with that conversation with Lane and with Moten and those guys where he is a top five right tackle in the league. I think you're probably looking at this point, I'm going to say 20% at the, it just isn't going to pan out. You know, there was a, there was a blip during the season where, you know, this year he had a, an interesting stretch from Cincinnati, Miami, Buffalo, and Tampa Bay, where he was grading out below that 64 level. And you could just tell that he was kind of getting back and understanding like, you know, what was going on. Also, I, w- I really would like to see him through a full off season with Deshaun Watson, because it's very difficult as an offensive tackle to just adapt midseason, going from Jacoby Brissett, a statue, to Deshaun Watson, who clearly likes to move around in the pocket. We have enough of a sample size now after a few games. Conklin has to understand what his tendencies are. All right, if I get beat inside, I need to finish this guy to the wash to the inside because I know Watson's going to roll out to my set. I don't want to hold, grab. You've, you've noticed, like, in the Cincinnati game the second time, two penalties from these scrambles and stuff going on. I So I'm going 30% top five. 20%, it just doesn't work out because of injuries or performance. And I'd say you're probably 50% likely that he's going to be that top 10, that tier two that you're talking about, where it's not quite the best in the league, but you he, know. you know, could, yeah, he could be, let's just say, the top right tackle in the AFC North. No, no, I, th- I think it's, it's a good breakdown for where we see the deal. Um, obviously, we might touch on it in a later show once the, uh, numbers are out and fully confirmed um yeah and listen it we could if there's a shocker in terms of how the structure's laid out um it'll be interesting but at this point i think this was a piece that they rely on they really like he's probably took his rehab very seriously teams just don't hand out money like this to guys they don't trust right they trust jack conklin they trust that he's going to be a guy that finishes his career in cleveland you know, and again, I'm not I'm not completely sold that they're washed on Jedrick Wills. I just think they sequence this deal because Jack, if you're talking two year extension, realistically, that means that you would have Conklin and Wills after the 2024 season being yeah. up for deals. So, yeah. um, lots of people like comparing the uh, Wills situation to Injoku, and I, I just think that's really wrong because. The issue with Njoku was it took time for him to develop, learn the position. It's not so much a Jedrick Wills is struggling with playing the position. It's an effort thing. There's blocks that he isn't finishing. There's times he's just falling down his ass or missing the bloke going past him because he weren't switched on. Um, and I think that's the frustration with him. But at the same time, he is providing average tackle play. And average tackle play is what, what we chase. The odd part with Wills is... He he just needs to play within himself. I think sometimes he just makes some really dumb decisions because you're right. There are some plays where he will maul somebody to the ground and you're like, wow, that that was Joe Thomas reminiscent, right? Where his footwork is good. And then there's those sometimes where he just wants to just snatch and grab or throw somebody. And it's like he just has a lack of maturity. Like, you know, the one thing about Joe Thomas, and obviously it's tough comparing him to a first ballot Hall of Famer, the game was never too fast. He was always in control. Like the, it never looked like he was outmatched. With Wills, he just needs a little bit more maturity. He needs to spend more time being a professional, studying, learning. And who knows? Maybe Jack Conklin has been integral in helping that. I know how much you love to pay for leadership. 
Well, so I love it. Maybe this this is one of those things where they gave Conkley an extra five million a year just to make sure that they get Jed up to that professional level. Yeah, and I need him to run around and shout contagious and uh, then uh, be really unproductive. I did when you woke up and saw the news that Jarvis wasn't going to play today. Did it did it completely turn off your love and appeal for the game today? I'm 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 just concerned that they might put a uh, a more efficient receiver out there. <laughs> Well, I don't think that the Vegas people are planning. Have you ever seen an NFL game with a total at 32? No, it's, it's <laughs> depressing. I think that I'm, says everything I'm here about in the Cleveland, game. Jack. I'm here in Cleveland, Jack. And yesterday it was blowing wind left to right all over the map. It was brutal. It, you go outside and it was just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. So today... They're talking anywhere from that seven to eight degrees. My buddy asked me if I wanted to go to the game. I said, hey, if you'd like to pay me 20 mile an hour wins, seven degrees, I will gladly attend the game for $1,400. So if you give me the tickets plus $1,400, I will gladly go. Yeah, if someone paid my travel, I'd have attended. All right. So, well, here's the wrap up. Um, Browns are going to run the ball. Saints are going to run the ball. The question will be how many long touchdown runs over under 100 yards for Nick Chubb today. Over. But Browns not by much. Cover, Browns cover minus three. I think that's going to be a uh, – that will land on minus three. You think it's going to end at three? And last but not least, over or under 32? Under. All right. I think Browns are going to cover on a late touchdown after pounding Chubb and Hunt all day. I do think it's going to hit the over. I just I cannot take an under 32. I think the Browns win 24 to 10. Yeah, I think if 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 you want to get on bet, I like over 48 and a half rushing yards for Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah, that's probably a miss. Uh, Browns released their inactives. Mon, Darden, Felton, Graham, Hubbard and Clowney. Those are your, uh, your outs. And it says that Ethan Pochick is starting at center and Alex Wright, my brother, starting at defensive end. Ooh. So It's going to be interesting to there, see what he does. There you go. Uh, that is your Browns-Saints uh, pregame recap. You won't find one better in the entire world than that. But overall, Jack, letter grade, I'm sorry, not letter grade, number grade, where are you giving the Conklin deal right now? I am going to go for a three because I think it's an overpay. All right. I will say at this point I'm a five only because I'm trying to decide whether or not I like it or not. So when the numbers come out, I'll officially right now. I just have a toe in the water. But no, as always, guys, Merry Christmas. Go Browns. Thank you for following us all. Another amazing year. And just yet, yeah, everyone with their nice messages, everything else. We love you guys. Yeah, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and like you said, good luck.